My next guest on the Tea Time Sofa is Neville Ray, founder of the South East Martial Arts Club. He's a world champion kickboxer and coach to Team GB. And during this lockdown, he held the first virtual CIMAC kickboxing championships and the first virtual kickboxing competition in the UK. This has supported the Young Minds charity to help young people struggling during the pandemic. He shares his journey of being the first British fighter to win the US Open Championships. Let's find out more. Nev, welcome to Tea Time with me, Ali Monjak. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. Also, thank you for having me on. You are very welcome. So, despite the fact that we've all been in a lockdown situation, I hear that you've been very busy doing online kickboxing competitions yeah um well the background behind it is that um with what i do with the national squad um, i'm like the head coach for team gb um and we unfortunately last year we did not have a junior or a cadet championships or an adult championships and my involvement with the team um, puts me in the position that I'm in contact with a lot of people from England, Scotland, Wales, um, from our national squad. And I was seeing and feeling the frustration that especially the youngsters were having, not having anything to look forward to. Um, so when we went into lockdown, there was no competitions. I think the last competition that anyone took part in in 2020 was the Irish Open, which is the biggest event on the martial arts calendar. And as the months went along and we had the lockdown, clubs were closed, um, I saw the pressure that a lot of the youngsters were on because we were doing squad training with the youngsters, but there was, there was something missing. It was like there was no light at the end of the tunnel for them. Um, so then I just decided to, you know, look into doing something that would keep them active and give them something to work work towards. So, yeah, I mean, you actually put together, didn't you, um, this whole competition. So how did it come about then, Nev? What, what, it must have taken you quite some time to actually put it all together, didn't it? it yeah, it was, it was a long process. A lot of thoughts went into it. I've been look, looking at the Zoom um, concept. I thought to myself, you know, I, I could probably run a competition on Zoom. It's never, it had never been done before. So I was the first to, to, to kind of like think about doing it. And there was a few skeptics out there that were saying, oh, it's not gonna work, it's not gonna work. But when you put your mind to something and you decide that you want to you know, set a goal and you want to achieve that goal, there is, as far as I'm concerned, there is nothing that should stop you or should get in your way because barriers are put up, but you knock those barriers down because you want to achieve what you've set out to achieve. So looking on the Zoom concept where it was set out, um, I sat down with the team, Liz being one of them, um, Sean Vera, Sharon Gill, Linda and Nigel Baxter, and we put together a program where we could actually do a competition competition on the screen um, and then invite, you know, do it nationally so people in England, Scotland and Wales could take part and compete against each other on the screen um, without obviously making any contact because we're on the screen. That 
is bizarre, isn't it? It's a bizarre concept in itself because kickboxing is really quite physically, it's a physical contact, isn't it? So absolutely, yeah. How did you go around sort of setting the bar for people to do this? Martial arts, kickboxing is a physical contact and being involved in a sport for so long. I know the the dedication and the time that competitors, athletes have to take to perform to, to prepare themselves for major championships. Um, so I know the background, I know what their training is like because I've gone through it all myself. Um, so what the concept was taking their general training that they would do and use to develop themselves to try and get on the national squad and put it on the screen where they were demonstrating their skills against someone else on the opposite side of the screen. Right. Um, so basically, um, the way it worked out was that we had two competitors on the screen. We had all the officials, and I'd like to you know, say that with the officials, we had um, officials from Greece, Ireland, Holland, and even America who came on on the day just to support the event and to judge the athletes that were taking part. Um, so we had some trial runs. We had four trial runs before the actual event, um, which after the first trial run, we were like, oh, we're going to have to change this. We're going to have to change that, which we did do. We changed an awful lot of things. And then the week before the actual eliminations, everything came to, came into place. And we realized that, yeah, we, you know, this is going to be a success and it's going to be a, you know, it's going to be a good event for, especially for the youngsters um, to take part in. I mean, you know, it, it's as much about, you know, the the young people's mental health, isn't it? As, as about their physical health, really, in this situation, wouldn't you say, this year? Yeah, absolutely. And that's one of the reasons why we chose Young Minds Charity. Um, because I've seen the anxiety and the stress that a lot of the youngsters have gone through since the, over this pandemic period that we've had. Um, being in contact with people from all different walks of life, people coming along to my lessons, um, being a, uh, the head coach for the GB team. I've seen the anxiety that people, especially the youngsters, have gone through. So when I decided to put the event on, I, I wanted it to be for a charity that were, was attached to mental health. And I, love, I like the motto of... Um, of young minds where it was fighting for young people's mental health so that's what really stuck out um, in my mind and that's one of the reasons I wanted it to work because I do deal with a lot of youngsters who have you know have gone through a lot of stress and anxiety over this period and they've gone into I would say the terminology we were in bubbles and I'd like to use that term as well bubbles because a lot of the kids were just not able to get it, come out of that bubble because they were missing that socializing with their friends, going to school, going into their kickboxing and martial arts clubs, you know, and doing things in general that they would do seven days a week. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think that's a, a brilliant idea that, that you came up with and, and how fantastic. So um, who were the winners? Right, well, we had competitors from, in, in fact, I think we had 25 different clubs from the UK that took part. Um, it was the first event, so we were thinking, okay, is this going to be a success? 
But once the registration started coming in, we saw that it was going to be, and the first one was going to be an eye-opener for a lot of people. And I do think a lot of people were sat on the wayside, I mean, you know, watching and see what was, how it was going to work. And I'd like to say that, you know, it worked fantastic. Um, so competitors could register and, um, online, and then they would get all the information and an email. We would give them the information about what the rules were, what times they had to check in, because we had different times for the different competitors, because we had different age groups as well. So we had under nines, boys and girls. We had under 12s, boys and girls. We had under 15 boys and girls. And then we had 16 and above for the um, juniors and adults. And all those divisions ran with competitors taking part um, from various clubs around the UK. So tell me, Nev, was there any potentials for Team GB in the future? Oh, absolutely. There were quite a few of the competitors who took part um, on the virtual event that are part of the national squad. Um, and like I say, you know, they've been starved to a certain extent of competition for quite a long time. And I think one of the other things that really made me wanting to pursue this and to push it was last year we would have been selecting our, our junior team to go to the, to the European Championships. Um, and it was a difficult time for a lot of the competitors because dealing with youngsters from the age of not eight, nine upwards, they get the opportunity to compete for their, for their country. And a lot, of them, a lot of them do look forward to being in that room that, they, you know, when we have a selection and they get selected for their country. And the frustration that I could see and, and, and the kids face when we had to make the decision that we weren't going to go along to the championships because of the COVID. Um, there were a lot of tears, um, a lot of, you know, broken dreams was, was taken away from these youngsters. So staying on the outside and looking in and seeing them all on screen and decide let's do something that would bring them back in a competitive way and by doing that I think he brought an awful lot of the kids back into this in, into the fold of things and to actually see them on the day competing it just brought a big smile to a lot of people's faces yeah I I, I can see that that that's um amazing it really really is and I've seen some of the photographs um so you know hats off to you that that's brilliant you. young minds um how did you source the charity where did you find the charity from well we looked at different I wanted like I said I wanted to wanted it to be based around youngsters and my I have students who train with me and I have a few students who um, during a pandemic have really struggled and suffered um, because they have not been able to get out and do what they want to do. Um, so looking at some of the youngsters that I teach and seeing how it was affecting them, I thought to myself, you know, um, let's go for a charity that we can actually give something back to children's mental health. Um, I then spoke to Liz and um, she sourced the, the, the Young Minds. We had a look at the Young Minds, wrote them a few emails, they got back to us um, within a couple of days. 
We liked the fact that they were giving a big percentage of whatever funds were coming in to, to their charity towards the, the mental health issues that a lot of people, youngsters are going through. So that was one of the main reasons why we chose um, Young Minds because they do give back a, a, quite a big um, payback to, to the charity. And, you know, because it is based, it was based around the youngsters mainly, um, that was the main reason why we did decide to go for Young Minds. I mean, of course, yeah, no, I completely understand. I mean, how awful for, you know, children that they've had to be in this situation. I mean, I know, you know, we've all spent a lot of time thinking about ourselves and the adults as well, but... I mean, children don't understand, do they? And a lot of them, especially, I think, if they're into, you know, physical contact sport or something like that, it's incredibly difficult for them because their lives are so limited. I mean, all children's lives are limited, aren't they? So, I mean, what a brilliant thing to do as well to to give entry money to a charity like Young Minds. I think think that's fantastic and commendable because hate to say it but you know there are going to be lots of children who are going to find it difficult very difficult to adjust over the coming weeks I mean we're sort of approaching school time again aren't we yeah. so yeah, yeah. Absolutely. absolutely yeah you know and I think my own experience as well of, of dealing with a lot of youngsters I've seen a downward spiral since the COVID as 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 been you know it's in the world um talking to a lot of parents seeing a lot of youngsters come and zoom lessons and some of them not being able to identify with what we're actually doing on zoom not being able to get to groups with what we're actually teaching them on zoom but also as well having children on the screen who sometimes sit in the corner um, because they don't feel it's exactly the same as being in the training or where they can interact with their friends, they can high five each other, they can hug each other, they can, you know, they can say, oh, Tom, you're not really sweating tonight, you're not really sweating hard, you know, and, you know, not being able to see, see each other within, within the training or I think, you know, when we do come out of this, there is, there is going to be a lot of problems. Um, but we hope that those problems are going to be, you know, some, somewhere along the line, all a thing of the past, and we can look to the future and, you know, you know, especially the youngsters can get back to full normality. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, I mean, the, the difference between the situation here, I mean, most of the youngsters that are doing kickboxing are in a privileged position one way or another. They've got a lot of underprivileged or deprived Mm. children who basically been hit hardest by the pandemic. So, Mm. you know, on on two scales, you you know, what what you've done is amazing. I mean, brilliant. Thank you. Because, you know, I've got children and I just think that 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 is just amazing thing to do. Not only, you know, keep your your kick boxing troupe across the UK um you know going you've also keeping other children going who you know don't have the help and live a life of privilege really which is fantastic so well done Nev let's just for a moment turn the spotlight around on you 
When did you start kickboxing? Um, funnily enough, I started martial arts in Birmingham. Originally, I'm from Birmingham. Um, and my sport before martial arts was basketball. Uh, martial arts club opened up in Birmingham. And back in, back in the days when I first started, you know, Bruce Lee was, you know, everybody's superhero and stuff like that. And um, my sister started training in the martial arts before me. And she used to come in every evening. I'd come in from basketball or playing football or cricket because I've always been a sports person. And she'd come in and I'd, think, I'd say to her, oh, what did you practice at your martial arts class tonight? It was actually Kung Fu. And um, she'd show me all these moves that she was practicing. And I thought to myself, instead of asking my sister every evening what she did at class, I'm going to go along and I'm going to sign up myself. So I said to my mom and dad, I want to, you know, I want to take up the martial arts. So it says, yeah, fine, great, fantastic thing to do. So I went into um, the city centre in Birmingham, joined the, the Laogao Kung Fu Centre, um, started practising Kung Fu, got eye up in the Kung Fu, got up to a fourth degree in the Kung Fu. But over the years of doing the Kung Fu, there was something that I wanted to do. I wanted to be a fighter. I wanted to, you know, use use the 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 technical ability that I had to good use. I wanted to, in those days, I didn't know that you had world and European championships. You know, I thought you just had martial arts clubs and then little tournaments that you'd go along to. But then once I started get, making a name for myself in the fighting world and I got into the national squad, competing for my country and then being a leader of, of the team, being captain of the team, I wanted to be the best of the best. Um, so I dedicated all the hours I used to train six days a week at the centre in Birmingham just to be the best. Um, and the fruition of that was the fact that, you know, I, I won all the titles I ever wanted to win. It was one um, event that I wanted to win. And I said to all my team members that once I've won this championship, that's it. I'm going to give up fighting. And it was the US Open. Because up until I won it, no other British fighter had ever won the US Open. Um, won world titles, won European titles, won um, um, British title, but no, the only title that I wanted to win was the US Open. So the very first year I went over to the US Open, um, I got knocked out, I think, in the third round. But that, <laughs> that, that was, you know, part and parcel of the US Open. Yeah. Because it was biggest tournament on the planet. And the next year I went along, got to the final, um, met a, a local fighter by the name of Ted Sisko, and I'll never forget him because he, he became a very good friend of mine. And um, it was USA versus Great Britain. And um, I beat him in the final, won my first US title. And um, the guy said to me on the way back on the plane, um, is that it now, coach? Are you going to stop fighting? So I says, yeah, I'm going to stop. That's it. I've got my US title. I'm going to give up now. And then rock and all. I went back the year after and I fought again and I won it again. And then that was the end of it. Um, just decided then to basically just concentrate on coaching the national squad, um, looking out for new talent within the kickboxing world, um, trying to get them onto the, uh, onto the GB team, um, which is what I'm still doing now. Yeah, no, I can see that. And that that that's basically your life's work, isn't it? So Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, no, definitely. And to be a coach, I think, 
you know, it is a, a very invaluable thing because you're not just, especially in a martial art, you're not just educating them mm, um, yeah. on how the technique of the sport is. Mm -hmm. You're also psychologically educating yeah, yeah. them, aren't yeah. you? Absolutely. And, and that's the other thing a lot of people don't sometimes realise, you know. Yeah, we are a martial artist. We are kickboxers and we kick and we punch and we do nothing different to any other sport. We, you know, we have to, you have to be the best. You have to trade hard. You have to condition yourself. You have to look after what you, you have to make sure you eat the right food. You have to stick to a good training routine. You've got to stretch every every day. You've got to punch the bag. You've got to kick the bag. You've got to run the roads to build up your stamina. You've got to practice your, your techniques to say that you become faster and sharper and quicker. But the other side of that that a lot of people don't see is the mental side. And I'll give you a fine example. Mm. A good years ago, um, there was a young, young man that used to come along to our national squad training. Now, we have squad training under WACO GB um, every other month. Um, so we have them in Birmingham, we have them in Coventry, we have them in, in Berkshire, we've had, had them in London, um, we've had them in Wales. So competitors from UK can go along to any of those squad trainings to try and get under national squad. But first of all, they have to be have finished in the top four at the national championship, which is usually held in February. Um, and there was a young man that was coming along to the squad training month in, month out, and his mum used to come over to me and she say, Neville, all he wants to do is to get on the team. That's all he wants to do. That's his only goal is to get on the team. And he was, he was nine at the time. So he trained for a few years, and then one year, um, one of the other competitors who had been selected got injured. So if someone gets injured, then we go to the next person down the line, which is the fourth who came forth in the WACA British. And the young fella got into the team. We went, I think we went to um, Poland that year for the, for the European Championships. And one thing about what I do with, with the national squad is I'm approachable. Anyone and everyone can come and talk to me anytime because I'm like the father figure for our national squad, especially for the youngsters. I also run the adults team as well. So, you know, I'm, I've seen both ends of the spectrum. And we get to Poland, everything's going well. We've gone to the weighing in, the uh, medical and such forth. Everyone's passed the medical with flying colors, gone through the weighing in. So everyone's relaxing the night before the competition starts. And, um, my team always knows that if they want to ever talk to me, all they have to do is call me um, and they can come and speak to me anytime, no matter what time of the night, no matter what time of the day it is, they can always come and speak to me. I so, think that, that's amazing. I mean, as you said, I mean, it's basically you need to have a fine tuned brain, don't you? To, absolutely. To you know, and he did, you know, that evening his, his mum knocked on my door and she said, oh, um, now, um, Tom would like to have a word with you. So I said, yeah, no worries, come on in, you both come in, let's have a chat. And she says he, he doesn't feel he can do it. So I said, what do you mean he doesn't feel he can do it? She said, oh, he's just clammed up, he's frozen, he's, you know, he, he didn't realise he was going to be like this. So we had a long chat and, you know, and the next day, he wasn't on the first day, he was on the, the, the second day. 
and it was a it was a bag of nerves you know and i don't think he had any nails left by the time he went out to compete and um he fought his art out he he got to the semi-finals and then the last in the semi-finals and um that evening well after we the competition had finished and he got his his bronze medal um and he came over to me and he had tears running down his his eyes his face and he says to me he says I thank you very much for everything that you've done. And I turn around to him, I said, you know something, Tom? You're the one that's done it. You didn't think you were going to be able to go out there and perform. You went out there, you performed, you fought, you held your head high, you did your country proud, and you're going on with a bronze. Not a lot of people can say that they've gone on from a big major world championships with a bronze medal around their neck. So well done. And he's still on the team up to this day. Oh, that's brilliant, isn't it? What a brilliant story. So amazing. So hopefully he'll be fighting again next year at a real tournament. Yeah, well, we'll we've got selections coming up again. Um, we've actually started in, in January. We've been doing our squad trainings in Zoom. We've got another one in March. And then we've got our national championships. We, we normally have them in February, but we've moved them now to July. Sorry, to June. Right. End of June. And then that only gives us two months preparation before this year's Junior World Championships. Um, so it's going, to, it's, it's going to be a hard one. Yeah, it is going to be a hard one. But, you know, as we've said, everybody is kind of like in this together, aren't they? So, I mean, nobody's at an advantage or a disadvantage because nobody's been able to, to go into a proper kickboxing gym and... No. And quite properly, so yeah, it's it's fine, isn't it? Really, from that point of view. But yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't like to be in your shoes. <laughs> you you've got your work cut out for you there. Yeah, yeah, but I enjoy my job, and I give one hundred percent to the job. Um, and you know, the the joy for me is to see youngsters youngsters make something of themselves within the chosen sport that they've that they've, they've jumped into. So. You know the 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 feeling of, of of joy for me is actually seeing competitors competing for their, their their national squad and you know putting on the union jack um track suit and you know and being representing their country yeah yeah um i think i think that's brilliant that really is well do you know what nev thank you for coming on at tea time thank you for having me on you're you're a real inspiration. You are, and well done for for keeping the the kickboxing torch going. It's so important, especially for young people right now. Thanks so much, Ali, and um, thanks for having me on. And um, enjoy the rest of the day. I will do. Bye. Bye. Look forward to chatting with my next guest on the Tea Time Sofa this time next Saturday. In the meantime, if you would love to get in touch about having a chat with me, you can reach me on teatime at forthenow.co.uk where you can find me on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram on Teatime with AM. Bye for now.